What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will share our biggest surprises and letdowns from week 14 in the NFL. We'll also discuss COVID-19 running rampant across all of the sports leagues, the dysfunction in Jacksonville, and the playoff picture in both the AFC and NFC We'll also preview the Rams and Seahawks upcoming matchup this weekend as it is rivalry week here on the Sports Kingdom show. All this and more on episode 224 of the TSK show coming up right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 224. Shout out to Kobe and Gigi of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Haven't seen you in a while. Hey, yeah, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's winter time now. <sighs> it's been freezing and, and in it LA. Feels like it. Yeah, this is some this is some cold weather for LA. Yeah, we we were walking into the studio tonight, and uh, I pulled my phone out, and it said it was uh, 48 degrees here in Burbank, California, and I was just like. It's not supposed to be 48 degrees in Los Angeles and, and in br- Burbank. And that's a brisk 48. It is freezing. Yeah, it's sharp. It, it, it stings you in the face, right? When you walk out, it feels like I'm in the Arctic tundra. Oh, yeah. I've gotten soft. <laughs> yes, living down in uh, Los Angeles for, what, seven years now? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, working on nine. Jeez. Yeah, wild. <laughs> Crazy. But, all right, Tyler, it's been a, a week since we last recorded um there's a week in between is what i'm saying here uh, we took last week off obviously uh, with some scheduling issues uh but it was the last week of the fantasy football regular season tyler this past weekend and i want to know what are the final results from the tsk show fantasy football league we talk about it every week on the show yeah there's, yeah no, there's a lot of money on the line the, the people want to know and i want to know what how did it all no, no end up it uh it uh it ended up pretty pretty legit pretty solid uh crew making the playoffs um and then you know we pay out for highest score of the year uh most you know first place of the regular season we give out weekly high scores um so for the playoffs, Kieran, uh, Kieran won. Shout out to Kieran. He got first place, ten and four. I feel like ten and four is a pretty low record for a first place team. Uh, to 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 only have one person with ten wins is pretty good. Yeah, I mean it was a we we said it every week. It's a competitive ass league. 
Yeah, so he got the he got first place in the regular season. He's got the first round by. The other first round by is going to go to Corey, our boy Corey. He Shout won, out Golub. He won the other division uh, at nine and five, uh, and then the uh, the next four, the four that will be playing, it's going to be uh, me, Brett, and me and Brett and Chad are at nine and five, and then we've got Blake at eight and six. All right. Um, I ended up getting the highest score of the year with 203. Jeez. In week 13, uh, just monster numbers all, all across. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was two weeks ago. Yep, two weeks ago. So that was the, uh, that was the highest total of the year. Um, and then the weekly high scores, actually, I did pretty well. I did pretty I'm well. Sh- yeah, I'm sure uh, you did. I got five of the 14. So I got five high score of the week uh wins. damn so you got what what is that 20 bucks each week for that yep okay and that's then, 100 bucks right there and then 100 bucks for the high score of the year that's 200 extra bucks right there and uh, you're still in the potential running for uh, the the the, the main pot yep the main pot I'm, i got the three seed in the playoffs uh and then chad chad and blake each won three high score of the weeks shout out to them that's 60 bucks each that, and, and they're also in the playoffs obviously i mean yeah gotta make sense and yeah. then uh to round it out, Jordan, Brett, and Sean each got one. Okay, all right, cool. So, uh, yeah, those those were all the the winners for the regular season awards. It was a good good year overall. Uh, we've got a competitive consolation bracket going for the first pick. Yes, everybody's excited about that. It seems like um, seems like the people that got a shot at it want it. I very much so want you know, it, Tyler. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun to see how these playoffs shake out. Yeah, I mean, I ended up uh, on the season going five and nine. I did not make the playoffs. I believe I ended up with the third worst record in the league, uh, just based off of how some of the tiebreakers uh, worked out. But third worst in the league means I'm still in the running for the no, number one overall pick. You avoided you avoided the uh, you avoided the bad spots. Yes, and I ended the season on a win. Thanks to all of the Rams players on Monday Night Football this past week. Yep. Uh, I got a win over Sweeney, which spoiled his season. Knocked him out of the playoffs. And bumped Blake into the playoffs. No, no. It was uh, it was a very dramatic finish at the end for our league. Uh, a lot of teams at 500, you know, um, a lot of teams with five and six wins. So it was there was uh, it was pretty good all around. I've, I do got to say I lost I lost week 14, which lost me for the first place for the Oof, regular season. That's tough. Alex beat me. Um, Alex this year. Shout out to Alex, man. Shout, the unsung hero of the league. Oh, I just man. want to talk about his attitude all year. No, he he has he he had a he had a tough year. A lot of injuries. A lot of just kind of unfortunate stuff like Calvin Ridley, Saquon. Um, but uh. He had three wins total, and two of them were against me. And I believe the other one was against me. I scored. I scored the most points in the league. You know, I was <laughs> third overall, nine and five. Two of his three wins were against me. The first one he won by point eight. At least he gets those bragging rights over you for a year. So he he did. He got he got, and we bet on the first game as well. Oh, there you go. So he's he definitely uh, took it to me this year in fantasy football. All right. Well, I mean. All I can say is I'm looking forward to the rest of the regular season in the NFL just because I still have a chance to get this number one overall pick, and I'm definitely going to need it this year uh, coming up for next season uh, just based off of uh, what I think my strategy will be heading into the draft next year. 
Yeah, no, um, I uh, I saw some interesting plays on the waiver wire this morning when because uh, Wednesday morning is like you know the first kind of uh, waiver claims. I stay up till midnight on Tuesday nights purposely. And uh, and Eric Walsingham grabbed three young running backs that aren't playing right now. Just as kind of, I thought it was I thought it was a good move. I texted him. I said I like what he was doing. Uh, uh, Travis, I've always pronounced this dude's last name. Uh, Et. Oh, Travis Etienne. He was out for Etienne. the year for the Jaguars. Travis Etienne, which I thought was the best play because he could be a possible like. Well, uh, he was uh, Trevor Lawrence's running back in college. Yep, so Yep. Um. So him, he picked up him, Cam Akers, and J.K. Dobbins. Damn. Uh, just, just Cam so, Akers might come back for the playoffs too. So I mean, he might get a, an extra peek at him this just, season. Just so you know, if he, uh, yeah which would help out big time. And so that's the kind of levels that our league is on. Damn. I did not realize that happened this morning. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I honestly mulled around about picking up Travis, but, uh, ETN. Yes. But, uh, I, I've got to get, I've got a good amount of talent. I, I didn't think I needed that one. No, you, you're fine. You're in the playoffs. You got, you got a championship to win. Don't worry yeah. about what next no, year yet. No, I'm not. I'm not. I am, but I'm not. <laughs> But, all right, we got uh, a lot to talk about. We we are going to talk about our biggest surprises and letdowns from week 14. And then we also have the return of an old segment, which we thought was going to be a new segment uh, the last time we recorded. But before we do all of that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818 451 8539 or you can check out his website jdiamondestates.com dre number 02068311 I'm just about that action boss you play to win the game hello you play to win the game that's why we took the damn field I'm just here so I won't get fired great cash homie but they are who we thought they were and we left them on the hook. that's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back don't you ever talk about me Wilson the hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. All right, Tyler. Our biggest surprise and biggest letdowns from week 14... These ones were these ones were clear for me this this week. One one of each. Okay, so for me, my surprise was very clear, and my letdown was very hard to come up with. And then I just finally settled on one, and I was just like, "All right, I'm gonna go with." My this. letdown is more of a more of a a two game letdown since we didn't talk about last week. Okay. So I but I mean this week was a little less disappointing, but it was still I think that this. Are, are we rolling? Yeah, go for it. Go for uh, it. I'll, I, just let you, I'll just let you the, take it. Because we're doing the biggest letdown? Yeah, go for it. Start with the, the biggest letdown. I think the Buffalo Bills fucking blew it. Interesting. Okay, all right. I think that they are so fucked. It, it, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, lose. To put it bluntly. To to lose to New England. Uh, and I mean, like, their last game against um, Tampa this week, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, they had to go against Belichick and then it, Brady. It was a great it was a great second half effort to come back in that game. So like I, I do they, they have like kind of ended on a decent note, but they still lost the game. So right. they're coming off a loss to the Patriots, which I just thought was so crucial for their season because 
you know, now the Patriots have passed them up again in the standings, and it looks like the Patriots are going to win the AFC East again. And just the way and that now, game went. And now what? You know, now, uh, I mean, I would just be in full panic yeah. if I were the Bills because our window just shut on us like that. I mean, got slammed shut right in our face. Well, and think of how that game went against the Patriots in the – like all of the elements and like Mac Jones ends up only throwing the ball three times, but the, the that Bills, game was they, awesome. The Bills ended up throwing the ball 30 times. And it was just like, you see two different styles of play and one's working and one is clearly not. It was just, it was mind blowing to watch really. No, I mean, uh, that was a wild game. That was a really good game plan by Bill Belichick. Of course, just, I mean, no one, no one is, uh, as innovative with game plans as he is probably tries different things and and uh for the bills i mean they're just man it's tough now it's tough sledding for those guys to try to to try to cover that two game span against the patriots when the patriots are rolling uh now all of a sudden you're not going to get that home field advantage that would help you out so much in the playoffs because they're a cold weather team um yeah i mean i'm just i'm let down at the bills because i thought this was their year to kind of like you know, last year, New England struggled, so, you know, obviously they were able to win the division last year, but this year was really like, if we can win it two years in a row, we can really shut the door on that Patriots run and kind of move on with our lives. Yeah, no, and you were really expecting like, them to build off of that momentum from last year. And now it just year. looks like they're back back to being little bro all over again. Yeah, and I mean, Bill Belichick just has the AFC East by, like, in his, in his chokehold again, once yeah. again. Ah. That Darth Vader vice he, grip that he can him, just... He's got him by the neck. It's 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 horrible. I mean, I was just absolutely, like, just shocked that the Bills blew that game against New England and then, you know, took another L. And now, what, they're 7-6? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, 7-6. and six. It's... Fuck. That's, a, that's not a good look at all. No. Yeah, and I mean, the Patriots, they're on a seven-game win streak, and the Bills are on a two-game win streak, and the Dolphins are on a five-game win streak. So it's like yeah, no, the, Dolphins are trend, yeah. the Dolphins are trending up, the Patriots are trending up, and the Bills are trending down. Buffalo's got the team. That's why they, this is a letdown. I mean, For sure. I'm not trying to say this is a bad football team. They're just, they've got to lock in and, and, and get, get these wins down the tough stretch. For sure. For them to be a great football team. Now, for me, my biggest letdown, I guess it's not really a letdown overall, given uh, who was going up against each other with the Chiefs and the Raiders. But when I saw the Raiders do their pregame hype circle on the Chiefs logo, I just get you just get so hyped up when you see a team do that because you hope it works for them. But in the back of your mind, you hope it just doesn't backfire. And it yeah. it completely backfired with them fumbling on the, the opening kickoff and the Chiefs returning it for a touchdown. So that was, I guess, my biggest letdown of the week, just seeing that whole thing transpire so quickly. No, and and yeah, I mean, you're you're just asking for you're asking for a fight, but these, I mean, that's what you got to do in these divisional rivalries to try to get a mental edge. They're yeah, the Chiefs and tough, Raiders is a big time rivalry. They're tough football games because everybody knows what each other's doing. You know, there's it's not uh, it's hard to catch people off guard. You've really just got to execute, and tough it out. Yeah, but no, I I definitely agree with you. The the Bills letting that opportunity slip from their hands was 100 percent the biggest letdown. Uh, I think of the past two weeks. Yeah, and honestly, it could end up being kind of the the letdown of the season. Honestly, if the if if the Bills end up fifth or sixth place in the AFC and and New England sitting there with twelve wins or something like that, I mean, 
Holy cow. Yeah. All right. What was your biggest surprise? The Broncos. The Broncos keep getting it done. Uh, okay. I, I mean, they didn't play a great appro- opponent. Again, this is more of like a couple weeks, man. I just, uh, this Broncos team keeps playing hard and they keep getting good win- uh, good wins. I mean, they're, and they're right there in the AFC playoff hunt. They're, they're sitting at six and seven. So, I mean, no, they're seven and six. Seven and six. So, I mean, they have the same. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have the same record as the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, they got the same record as the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals, the Colts. Uh, there's a lot of teams sitting right there. And the Broncos, I mean, I would have counted them out a long time ago. Um, they've put themselves in a position to make a run, but uh, I, I just really didn't see this coming, and that's why I kind of feel like it's a it's a big surprise um, now to get two wins in a row. All right. Well, for me, uh, my biggest surprise, I think it's pretty obvious, the Rams winning on the road in Arizona, 30-23 to 23 over the first-place Cardinals. They get revenge while missing at least five starters after being placed on the COVID list, including Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, who ended up having a false negative, uh, but he didn't get cleared until Tuesday, so he couldn't play Monday. Uh, starting right tackle, Rob Havenstein, uh, another secondary player, Dante Dion, and then starting running back, Daryl Henderson Jr., And starting center Brian Allen missed the game with a knee injury, as well as Terrell Lewis also being out with a back injury. So with all the adversity that the Rams were facing, going up against the first-place team in the division in the Arizona Cardinals, a team they lost to at home, a game in which I was in attendance at, my first NFL game ever, I saw the Rams lose to the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray lit up the Rams that day. He was phenomenal, and it was just mesmerizing to watch him in person. Um, But... The Rams got it done. They played inspired football. Um, obviously, I think the win uh, the week before against Jacksonville was expected, and that's what they needed to do. They handled business against an inferior team, and I really didn't take much out of that 37-7 to victory because it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do to the Jaguars. The real test was on Monday Night Football in prime time against the Cardinals on the road, and without Jalen Ramsey, who steps up? None other than, of course, Aaron Donald, the best player in the NFL. I don't care what position you play. Aaron Donald is better than you at your position, and he's better at what he does than you are at what you do. He is the best player in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. He's a good one. <laughs> uh, it's it's tough. That's just a tough argument. Yeah, I mean. No, it's hard to prove. Yeah. Just with so many people being on what you know, football but, team. But, it's but just, I get what you're saying. He's the best at his position. Like you just see the the attention he commands, and literally you saw it the first play, he yeah. literally pushes an offensive lineman into Kyler Murray to get a sack. And then the last play, the was, game ends on a sack with Aaron Donald on Kyler Murray. It was cool seeing that him and James Conner were homies. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh Pittsburgh connection probably. Mm-hmm. So um, but now, I mean, the Rams, they've won two games in a row where they've put up 30-plus points. Matthew Stafford didn't throw an interception in either of those games, and there was a lot of concern with him turning the ball over during that three-game losing streak the Rams just broke when they beat the Jaguars two weeks ago. This was also the third straight game where Odell Beckham Jr. got a touchdown, the ninth straight game that Cooper Cup ha- uh, had at least 90 receiving yards, and against the Cardinals, Van Jefferson, OBJ, and Cooper Cup all scored a touchdown. So I just think as time goes on, like we've been talking about, this Rams offense is getting more and more in sync with a new quarterback, new pieces being added with Robert Woods going down and adding Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson taking a bigger role in the offense as well. 
Um, I love what I've seen from Sonny Michelle uh, since taking over the lead running back duties since uh, Daryl Henderson's been out. Um, Daryl Henderson was active against the Jaguars, but they just decided to go with Sonny Michelle the whole game, and he had over 120 yards rushing. Um, and the defense, they picked apart Kyler Murray. They, they picked him off twice uh, with uh, the rookie Ernest Jones getting an inter- interception in the end zone, which was huge for them in the first half. And then Leonard Floyd tipped the ball to, to himself, uh, getting an interception as well. So, I mean, the Rams, they're starting to right the ship, I think, after a lot of talk was had about them during that three-game losing streak. Like, is this team for real? But yeah. this Cardinals win, I think, was such a statement win for the Rams, and and it's going to be such a building block for them. Yeah, everyone has their low, low points in a season. That's why you just you can never bet on like an undefeated season. You know, it's just it's just too tough. It's too competitive of a league. It's all about you know not not letting it get out of control, controlling your destiny and bouncing back. Yeah. So I mean, it was to me the reason why it's my biggest surprise was just with all of the adversity that the the Rams were facing under the circumstances with losing guys right before the game and and some of the injuries that had occurred uh, during the week and. I mean, they were facing a, a nine, a ten and two team at the time, and a team with the the best record in football, and it was it was an uphill battle on the road in prime time. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh let's move on. I said uh, in the intro that uh, it was going to be the return of an old segment, which we thought we were going to call something new uh, two weeks ago, but we're just going to go back to the old name. Uh, it's the two minute drill, Tyler, and uh, it's uh, a little bit of a twist. We used to have a timer for it. Uh, just because it uh, is the two-minute drill, but uh, we'll just uh, we'll go back uh, through and go to four downs in the two-minute drill, Tyler. So we'll start with first down, and this is uh, quite a touchy subject, I think, just because of the world that we live in, and this isn't necessarily going to be uh, an NFL topic per se, even though I know this is obviously the NFL episode, but this is uh, this is something that's impacting the entire world of sports uh, right now. So since Monday, Tyler, there have been over 100 positive COVID-19 cases in the NFL. From September 5th to November 27th, right before the Thanksgiving holiday, there had only been 110 positive cases. So you got to think, in three days, there's been over 100 positive cases. And for basically, for almost three months, basically, there was only 110 positive cases. So seven teams right now, the Rams, the yeah. Browns, the Falcons, the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Washington football team are all in it enhanced COVID-19 protocols. The Rams have like 16 guys on the COVID-19 list. The Washington football team has like 18 guys on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Baker Mayfield and head coach Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns just tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Kevin Stefanski missed a game, missed a playoff game last year because he tested positive yep. uh, for COVID-19. Um, in the NBA, the Chicago Bulls had two games postponed this week because 10 players, NBA teams only can carry 15 guys on their roster. They had 10 players that were in the NBA's health and safety protocols. They didn't have enough players to field uh, a team of eight required to start an NBA game. And their game uh, this upcoming Sunday against the Lakers has been pushed back uh, by about five hours than uh, originally scheduled, I think, just to try and get uh, based off of when these guys' health and safety protocols clocks started. 
Um, they can, I think, get some guys back, hopefully, for that game on Sunday against the Lakers. But that game also might be in jeopardy because the Lakers right now have three guys in health and safety protocols with Taylor Horton Tucker, Malik Monk, and Dwight Howard, as well as a handful of staff members. Uh, that was just announced over the past two days. So, I mean, the there could be a breakout coming in the Lakers locker room. Uh, the Nets have seven players, including James Harden uh, and health and safety protocols. The Bucks just lost uh, Giannis, Wes Matthews, and Dante DiVincenzo. Um, so, I mean, over the past two weeks, as of uh, yesterday, there were 36 NBA players that have entered the NBA health and safety protocols. In the NHL, the Minnesota Wild and Carolina Hurricanes uh, had a game yesterday that was postponed because of a COVID-19 outbreak uh, with, uh, I believe, the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Calgary Flames have had their next three games postponed as well. So, plain and simple, I, I just I think we need to have the discussion of if we think the sports world needs to shut down again for like a two-week period maybe yeah. to kind of get this under control. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely at the point where it's like, you know, more measures need to be taken to to kind of get get this under control. It's just, it, it's a constant reminder that we're not out of this. You know, we've, we've, we've kind of gotten back to regular life to, to an extent. Um, but there, but it's still, you know, that COVID-19 thing is still looming over us. Well, the, uh, as a country, I mean, it's just, it's, it's flu season too. We're coming into the cold months. Yeah. Um, this is, and you know, it's had some resistance against even people that are vaccinated too. So. It is something that's just like ser- it's a serious subject uh, when it comes to like health and safety protocols, um, and the and the sports world's really gonna have to look and figure out, you know, how can we get this done uh, and keep our players safe and try to you know keep these outbreaks under wrap. It's tough. It's a tough tough job. I mean, shutting down for two weeks would be, I mean, that's that's just like kind of spitballing ideas, but. You know that'd be a good place to start as far as just like what what you know do we need to just isolate everybody for a while do we need to you know put in more more testing which would seem pretty crazy it seems like they're they're testing constantly well I, no i think more I think, restrictions i think that i think they are going to increase testing because with the new protocols that were put in place at the starts of these seasons with now that players are fully va- or not fully vaccinated because that definition keeps changing uh, with boosters and everything, but yeah. with players getting vaccinated, the the testing has been laxed. I think for vaccinated players, so I think we are, we might see leagues start enhancing protocols and in testing more frequently, even vaccinated players. But we just um, as as I was working earlier today during the radio show that I work on, I was scrolling Twitter just trying to keep up with the news of the day and everything like that, like I have to for work. Uh, and I saw that the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment Group, the the group that runs yeah. the, the arena yeah. uh, in Toronto for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors, is going to be reducing uh, fan capacity to 50% uh, uh, for the arena for games going forward to try and mitigate uh, the spread of uh, the new Omicron variant of uh, COVID-19 and all of that. And so I think that we might see that as a possible way for uh, leagues to go about potentially stopping to spread it as much um i think because yeah, i i know i said 
a two week shutdown, but I just I don't think that's a realistic. No, possibility. no, it's not. It's it, it, it's not. It's just kind of talking about the severity of where we're at. Right. I mean, we're at the point where we're talking about you know we sh- maybe we should just shut it down for a bit. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, like I said. I mean, it's just a reminder that we're we really are not out of this. Uh, it's crazy. This is the third NBA season that's going to be affected by COVID nineteen. We've, we've got we've got cities you know upping their mandates you know california just implemented a statewide mask mandate indoors and and i think i saw philadelphia is is you know we're gonna bring some some mandates coming new york city's already doing it la and the bay have already been doing it i mean you've got to have a vaccine card to go damn near anywhere yeah uh, out here yeah so um it's it's just uh it's gonna be another it's just to keep evolving you know we kind of thought that we were through this or we kind of knew what we needed to do to be through it and we just keep learning that you know enough's not enough yet yeah i mean the the alabama state ucla game that was supposed to happen tonight here on uh on wednesday night was postponed because ucla's head coach mick cronin was had to go into health and safety protocols and i just don't know what the answer is either neither do i i I don't know you know what's gonna fix this other than just time I mean, and, and precaution, you have to, you have to, you know, participate in the, the health and safety protocols and, and we've got to get everybody on the same page and wait this thing out. You well, know? and it's and, like in, in the, from the NFL's perspective, we know the players aren't going to go for a bubble. We, we saw what that discussion brought and we, we saw all of that. The NBA has already done a bubble, but I think now looking back on it, the players are not going to want to go back to a bubble format or bubble scenario because of the isolation from the rest of the world and how much that impacted players while they were in the bubble and they just don't want to have to go through being in isolation for 90 plus days again or whatever it was yeah, however no, they were down it's, it's however tough. long they were down in orlando on a lot of levels so i i just i don't know what the the situation or what the solution excuse me can be for the situation yeah but, i mean it's it, it really is getting to the point where it's it it's consider you know consider shutting down your leagues which is just unreal with the amount of money you know these are billion dollar businesses shutting down uh, or possibly shutting down something something i also found interesting and uh, i was kind of looking uh, at some stuff earlier before we we started recording but uh, i saw on twitter that um from a couple nfl reporters that the the nfl and also from some NBA reporters, the NFL and, and the NBA and both players associations are basically trying to to figure out ways to to update these health and safety protocols for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players and all of that. And I know the NFL, they're trying to decrease the number of negative tests a vaccinated player needs to come back, especially if they aren't showing symptoms, because apparently according to a lot of reports today from NFL reporters are most of these cases in the NFL, like the hundred positive cases over the past three days, most of them have been asymptomatic. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's very interesting to hear all of the different yeah. individual scenarios because this virus has affected everybody individually and, and, so differently. And we still just don't know, you know, we're still just don't understand so much about it. Right. Um. Obviously we need to, we're continuing to work on the vaccine um you know there's there's variants coming and you know i may need to get to a point where it's like listen if you're not unvaccinated we it's just too big of a hassle well look at Kyrie you know, in new york and, and brooklyn and, and so it's like 
you you could see shutdowns you could see vaccination like requirements to play yeah um you know because the nba has got to survive through it and at the end of the day if it means unvaccinated players can't play or the nfl then they're gonna do it i mean it's gonna be a last resort um but But that's gonna have to be collectively bargained and the players are never gonna go for that then then you're looking at shutdowns you know um that's that's that might that might be what it is that's how i mean i just i don't know which how this thing's gonna end um or if it i mean it could be years you know we were talking at work about is there are we ever going to go back to not wearing masks tyler it's called COVID 19 because it started in 2019 we're in 2021 yeah no it's it's um it's not letting up no and it's evolving and and the and uh the you know the sports world is gonna have to evolve with it (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean it's just so many people don't understand it either i mean i for one i don't understand like me and you are probably the last two people that yeah understand. yeah i don't understand i mean i have no education and stuff like this no. and, and pandemic relief and, and and getting something like that under wraps all i know is i don't know shit <laughs> and, and it's been it's been crazy to see how this has unfolded yeah the crazy time yeah and i mean it's it's only going to continue, and and the only thing we can do is just sports are in, sit here and wait. Yeah, sports are in a, a a serious threat right now. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree. But all right, let's uh let's move on now to second down. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tyler. They got dog walked by the Titans, losing twenty to nothing for their fifth consecutive loss uh, over the weekend. There's there's been a lot of speculation and talk surrounding urban meyer and his status as the head coach of the jacksonville jaguars owner shad khan said after the game that he isn't going to make any irrational decisions regarding urban meyer's uh status um and i mean he said uh quote i want to do the right thing uh, for the team I want to do the right thing for the city. That, to me, is way more important than just acting helter-skelter on emotion. I think we have a history of really looking at the facts and then really doing the right thing. Gus Bradley was here for four years. Doug Marone was here for four years. It was wins and losses, and this is a little bit different, but, you know, I'm going to reflect on all of that and do what's the right thing for the team and the right thing for the city. This first season for Urban... yeah, this first season for Urban Meyer, uh, in my opinion, personally, Tyler, has been nothing less than tumultuous. From the video of Urban Meyer being seen at a bar with a woman who was most certainly not his wife and probably about half of Urban's age, uh, to all of the losing on the field, to the latest reports coming out over the weekend that receiver Marvin Jones Jr., who is also a captain and a guy that the Jaguars committed a lot of money to in free agency this offseason, yelled at Urban Meyer and left the practice facility after Urban Meyer's criticism of the receivers and Meyer let Myers also allegedly called his assistant coaches losers to their face and basically lined them up and basically made them defend their resume to him and basically ask, when have you ever won anything to his assistant coaches? And then there was a story today, Tyler, which I asked you if you heard about before we started recording, and you said no. And uh, the story is—is is it the Josh Lambeau one? Yes. 
Okay, so I did hear that. Okay, one. so then you did yeah, hear about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. reportedly, ex Jacksonville Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau alleges that Urban Meyer kicked him while he was stretching and said, uh, "Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks," and like gave him like a kick on the leg, like yeah, yeah. And and apparently Lambeau says that uh, he responded, "Don't you ever kick me again," or "Don't you ever fucking kick me again," excuse me. And Meyer told him, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. I mean, these are all things you don't want in the headlines, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's, and, and who knows, like, the extent of all these things. I mean, losing football games is, is the root of all this. You know, that's why tempers flare up. It's frustrating. It's a long season to just keep getting your ass kicked. Every Even longer weekend. now with an extra game. Um, it's tough, it, and it sucks because they really wanted to commit to him long long term. I mean, five year deal, I believe. You bring in Urban Meyer, you get the first pick in the draft, you get a Trevor Lawrence, and and you you're gonna build off of that, kind of you know shave the fat uh, from there. Now all the rumors coming, or you know all these allegations against Urban Meyer's practice like habits and the way he talks to people, you know receiver, whether it be the receivers, the kicker, the coaches, what what have you. I don't know. I don't know the context of all those scenarios. Yeah, neither do I. Um, who who knows? All I know is if he lost the locker room, if people it doesn't even matter if they're right or wrong. If the locker room's not following him, you gotta move on from him. Yeah. But if he has any little bit of that locker room still, um, and you can get rid of the guys that are unhappy, you've gotta it's tough to move on from a coach one after one year. And I think especially with the Trevor Lawrence. I, I just now Urban's a different guy, though. I mean, this is a guy coming from college. It's uh, he's got a he's got an arrogance about him. Uh, well, I mean, he said after his first game, this is like playing Alabama every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's uh he's got a, he's got a resume for sure in the football world, but just hasn't done it yet in the pros. Well, it just seems like he bit off a little but, bit more than he could chew. But you need to the the issue is 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 they're just in the headlines. People are talking about non football stuff. Uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of talked about this today. Um, it's like we need to get back to playing football, whether it's wins or losses. It's like the focus needs to be on football. Um, and and stuff this, needs to be happening and, on the football field that, to talk but, about. But the but it's like two, three wins. You know, if they finish the, the year with two, three wins, obviously that's not what you want, but that's kind of what was expected. I don't think people thought that, that he was going to come in and make them a contender year one. No, but you have the, the strength coach getting fired before the season starts no. because he, was, he has a controversial past. You have him – Urban bringing Tim Tebow in as a tight end and him not making it through camp. You just, you have all this. Well, and those, and and outside of Tebow, all these headlines are non football stuff. That's like what, that's kind of what Trevor was talking about. But Tebow like, is really a non football headline right now when he's coming from minor no, league baseball and you're moving him from quarterback to tight end for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, but his he life. didn't make the team. You know, Urban gave him a shot, tried out, didn't work. Like, that, that's, that's, that's really not anything like, that's look that's kind of like nitpicking i i mean that was like whatever you know? yeah it's like his little science project but uh long story short you know is is it's tough to move on from a coach after one year urban myers has has won a lot of football games and uh if you can if you can commit three or four years then then i feel like you can make a more rational decision but if he's lost the locker room you got to move on yeah i mean i i completely agree i think if you lost a locker room you have to move on but I think what Shad Khan said about Doug Marone getting four years, Gus Bradley getting four years, 
I think that's kind of telling that I don't think Urban Meyer is going to be let go this offseason. That, that's why. That's why I think um, I, I don't either. I feel like that's that's an indicator of him staying as well, and I think it's the right move um, because it, you you got to let this guy grow with the, all. They had what ten draft picks in the draft. They've got a, a rookie running back, Travis Etienne, coming yes. back next year. Um, they're going to have high draft picks this year, so um, they have like some promise. But you gotta, you can't like keep changing head coaches. It's it just stifles your momentum with these young players. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm trying to look up how long he is in a deal for. Um. Honestly, thought it was longer than five years. How long is Urban Meyer? Uh, six years. So, I mean, six years for Urban Meyer. I think what Tyler you were talking about with, if you don't, if like if you have a little bit of the locker room left that you can salvage that still believes in Urban, and you can get rid of the guys that he doesn't believe in or don't believe in him, six years is enough time to do that. Really, it's if if Trevor Lawrence is on board with him, you just you just need to build off of Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and then the, the I mean, young, yeah, that's really young, all that should matter. The young players that are the the you know the rookies and the second year guys that are are down to play. Um and then you and then you draft and you get the free agents that you want for your team. Yeah. So I mean, and you, and you hire the coaches that you want. So then you know, there's no excuses. Yeah, but you need a couple years to do that. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I think, I mean, if I was Shad Khan, I would have fired Urban Meyer weeks ago. I probably would have fired him after the video with the girl came out. But I'm not Shad Khan, and so I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with uh, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if they if they have if they have, if they're six and seven, you know, we don't hear about all this other shit. You know, probably not. It, it's uh, outside of the picture. I mean, that was like well, yeah. I mean, the, that was a big red flag in general of the you know his like character, character as a person, um, which like it's always you know I always want to be careful when judging it, judging another person's character off of just one picture, but. It's a pretty, it's a pretty damning video. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see what the Jags. We'll see what the Jags want to do. All right. Let's uh. Let's move on now to uh, third down, and I think third and fourth down might uh end up meshing a little bit just because uh we're gonna be talking about the playoff pictures here in the AFC and the NFC. But uh, let's start in the AFC. Tyler, the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Titans. All three of them are tied for the number one seed in the AFC. The Titans are coming off the 20 to nothing win over the Jaguars, like we just mentioned earlier. Uh, they continue to be successful despite all of the injuries they've had to endure this season, most notably Derrick Henry. Julio Jones missed some time on IR. Uh, A.J. Brown missed some time on IR. So, I mean, they're, they're still getting the job done, even though they've had major pieces missing for extended periods of time. This season, Derrick Henry could be coming back for the playoffs. We don't know yet, but things are looking good uh, as far as that goes. The Patriots, they're coming off the bye uh, and the win over Buffalo. In Buffalo, when Mac Jones only threw the ball three times, like we talked about, Tyler, when you said you were let down by the Buffalo Bills. Um, and we talked about it then. Uh, I'll just say it now again. This was the perfect window for the Bills to take the AFC East and the AFC as a, a conference really 
and they just didn't do that. And now the Patriots and Bill Belichick are right back where they expect them to be uh, themselves as a team. And really, a lot of uh, NFL fans are not happy about that. No, no, they're <laughs> they're they're here now. Yeah, but I mean, listen, they're on a seven-game win streak. The New England Patriots are. Uh, and during that seven-game win streak, the Patriots' defense is only giving up 10.4 points per game. So, I mean, they're getting the job done in all facets of the game. Now, the Chiefs, they just dominated the Raiders 48-9, to uh, like I said, after the Raiders did their pregame hype circle on uh, the Chiefs' logo. The Chiefs' defense has only given up 14 or less points in five straight games and only given up nine or less points in three straight and four out of the last five games. So the Chiefs defense, who was getting a lot of heat earlier in the season, they've really turned things around. The Chiefs are on a win streak. Uh, so, I mean, they've had 13 sacks and forced uh, 15 turnovers in the last five games as well. So uh, the Chiefs, they they really look to be uh, like their old selves again. And so, I mean, the Pats, they're on a seven-game win streak. The Chiefs are on a six-game win streak. The Titans, they've won five out of seven since Derrick Henry broke his foot in a game against the Colts, and they ended up winning that game. So that's six wins out of their last eight. Um, so, I mean, who do you got coming out on top uh, of the AFC to get the number one overall seed in the AFC? I think Kansas City gets it done. You think they do? Yeah, I just got to gotta roll with it. I mean, I, I, I never was able to kind of rank them out of the top 10 even when they were struggling because of their ability to just you know when once they're clicking it's over well uh, they got the talent all over the football field so i really like kansas city to to close out this season strong although new england is is honestly right there yeah which is wild yeah no i, I mean i think i think it's we were obviously bad. buffalo really could have used that home home field yeah, and we were we were expecting them to be there, but they're they're seven and six. They're they're in a tie right now with the Colts, the Bills, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos, all at seven and six. The Colts are actually ahead of the Bills right now, having the tiebreaker over them. So, I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think ultimately the Chiefs probably do end up winning the the number one overall seed in the AFC. Uh, the Patriots just looking at their remaining schedule. They got the Colts, the Bills again at home, the Jaguars at home, and the Dolphins on the road. Uh, going to Miami for the Patriots always seems to be tricky for them. So maybe the Dolphins, who have are, who are also on a five-game win streak and trending up, maybe they sneak out a, a win in the last game of the season to kind of spoil the Patriots' uh, season. But uh, getting the Colts uh, on the road uh, – uh, next no that, those are that's two tough games coming up Colts Bills yeah I mean the Bills the Bills that's got to be that's a must win for them uh just for all the reasons we spoke about earlier on the show so I I, I do think that the the Chiefs are most likely to have the number one seed in home home court home field all right uh fourth down moving on to the NFC Real quick, Aaron Rodgers mentioned that his toe injury was re-aggravated over the weekend, so I think that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for in the NFC playoff picture. And and since we got done talking about the AFC playoff picture just now, let's let's move to the NFC. Um, there are zero teams in the NFC right now that have clinched a playoff spot with uh, four weeks left in the season, and that's the first time that's happened uh, since 2017. 
the Rams beating the Cardinals kept them in the hunt for uh, a bye uh, and home field advantage in the NFC playoffs uh, since they can still win the the NFC West, which is huge. They're only game back at first place. Yeah. The Packers, the Bucks, and the Cardinals, they're all 10-3. and three. The Cowboys and Rams are 9-4. and four, And the 49ers are currently 7-6. and six. Then in the NFC, there are five teams that are tied at 6-7 and seven right now that are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. The Washington football team, the Eagles, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Vikings. I mean, we've talked about the parity in the NFL a lot this year just because of how competitive it's been. Yeah. Um, I said, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but with the Rams winning uh, on Monday, that means there will be uh, every NFL team with at least three losses uh, through week 14 for the first time since 2014. Yeah, it, I, I think that uh, the parity is really good at the six and seven, seven and six level. Um, NFC, to me, I think they have the cream of the crop when it comes to the NFL outside of Kansas City. Um, they've got five really good football teams, uh, I believe. And then there's going to be two teams that are two teams in the NFC playoffs that are flirting around 500 right now, or even under 500. So dude, the, I mean, the uh, fact that the Falcons could sneak into the playoffs somehow, I think that the AFC has more good teams than the NFC, but the NFC has the top dogs. Uh, they have the, the, the best teams in the NFL as far as the most great teams. I think there's five great football teams in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I I think those f- those those five teams at ten and three and nine and four the the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and Rams. Those probably are the five best teams in the league right now. Yeah, Aside I mean, outside from Kansas City and, Kansas and, City, and, and the Patriots. Get, yeah, Kansas City, I think is the is the great football team of the AFC. Um, there is a lot of really good football teams in the NFC, but uh, I do think the NFC is winning the Super Bowl this year. Okay, all right. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know if we were going to go that far. Well, I I just think that they've got they've got five sh- five chances. Of yeah, it. yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely think they have more chances. And then whoever I mean, whoever comes out of that whoever comes out of that group from that that gauntlet of the playoffs is going to be tuned up. Yeah, I mean, Washington football team, the Eagles, the Saints, the Falcons, and Vikings, all at six and seven. I mean, the Saints have had quarterback questions all year, obviously with Taysom, uh, with Jameis Winston going yeah, down not, with the injury, not, and then you got one Taysom of those Hill and teams Trevor had a great season. Not no. one of those two. That's why, you know, I think there's a big drop-off from five and the rest. Um, But I, I the NFC, I, it's just, I think it's always going to go through Tampa Bay. Yeah, that is just what it is this year. Um, Tampa Bay. I, I heard Bruce Arians talking this weekend about this is the year that we thought we we're going to put it together. We just happened to win the Super Bowl the first year, but year two was really the year that, like, you know, okay, now we've all played together, we all understand each other, know our roles, and well, look at super teams in the NBA. Look at look at what happened Lebr- with LeBron and the Heatles the first year. They lose to the Mavericks, and then they come back and win back to back the next year. Yeah, so. and it's like you usually see after one year of playing together, you kind of see some more continuity. But yeah. I mean, I remember, like, I mean, Bruce Arians obviously saying that we we thought the second year was going to be the year we just happened to win it in the first year. But I mean, those guys were saying that they wish they could have played five or six more games after the Super Bowl because they felt like they were just hitting their stride kind yeah, of thing. And they were. They 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 definitely were. So um as of right now, I think the NFC uh is gonna go through Tampa. But I really like all those Los Angeles, Arizona, Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas. 
they're all in the same tier to me. Yeah, definitely. Now, for week 15 this week, Tyler, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that could possibly clinch uh, playoffs this week. Uh, the Patriots, there are six possible scenarios. I will not run through them all because there's a lot of things that need to happen uh, for the Patriots to clinch this week. Um, but, oh, we got Saturday night games this week, Tyler. Yep. I'm looking at the schedule here. Oh, yeah. No, Patriots, Colts, Raiders, Browns. Yeah. All right. They were promoting that on TV uh, over the weekend. Okay. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Well, no more bye weeks. Yeah, so we got the the Thursday matchup is Kansas City, L.A. here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, so the Chargers will have a home game against the Chiefs, and then Saturday it's, uh, like Tyler said, the Raiders in Cleveland and then New England and Indianapolis. That's a classic matchup right yeah, there. Yeah, so Saturday games this week and next week, and then the final two weeks of the year, there's no Thursday or Saturday games. All the games are on Sunday. Just all Sunday and Monday. All right, we love it. I don't even know if there's Monday night game. Oh, yeah, there is. But back to uh, the playoff clinching scenario. So the, the Patriots have six different ways uh, or six different possibilities uh, for clinching. The Tennessee Titans can clinch their division if they win and uh, the Patriots beat the Colts. So that's uh, pretty easy. If I mean, if Tennessee wins and takes care of business and the Colts lose to the Patriots, the Titans win the AFC South. The Cardinals, they can clinch the NFC West, uh, and there's nine different possibilities uh, yeah. with that, so I'm not going to run through that. Um, Dallas can clinch the NFC East and a playoff berth. There are two possibilities for the NFC East and five possibilities for the playoffs. Uh, the Packers can clinch their division and the playoffs with two and five different possibilities as well. The Rams can clinch a playoff berth with four different possibilities. And then the Bucks will clinch the NFC South with a win or a tie. And then there are three different possible scenarios to where Tampa can clinch a playoff berth. So there's a lot at stake this week uh, here in week 15. And no, as we gonna, the are dust, the winding dust is going to start settling here for sure. There's yeah. going to be teams eliminated and locked in every week. Yes. But all right, Tyler, most importantly, it's rivalry week. Yep. We got the Seahawks at five and eight. Coming here to Los Angeles to take on the Rams at 9-4. and four. The Seahawks, they're coming off a 20-point win, uh, much needed, over the Texans, 33-13. to 13. I bet you were feeling good beating up on a team you were supposed to beat up on, uh, even he, given the scenario that he, the Seahawks are in this year. You got you to gotta get, them, you gotta get them in while you, while you can. Um, and we're coming off that, that dub to San Francisco as well. Hey, there you go. Two wins in a row for you. Two wins in a row. And then the Rams. One at a time. Yeah. And then the Rams, they're obviously coming off the huge win over the Cardinals like we talked about earlier. Um, When we were talking about COVID, I said that the Rams have like 16 guys on the COVID list. So, I mean, it's very unclear who is going to be available for this game for the Rams. Um, So, I mean, I think the Seahawks have a very good chance that they could steal this game here in L.A. Um, I think – both of these teams, I feel like the Rams always win when they go to Seattle, and Seattle yeah. always comes when they win to yeah. L.A. Which is definitely a trend within within uh, rivalry yeah, or conference yeah. games. 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm very nervous for this game. Just given we got Quadre Diggs, longtime teammate of Matt Stafford, yes, playing safety for us, so that's going to help us out a little bit. Yes, he will definitely know uh, Matt's tendencies. I think he'll just respect him the appropriate amount, you know, for sure. especially when it comes to his arm strength. He's gonna, he's gonna understand. I can't play around with this guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I got the Rams winning this game. They need to win this game. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I mean, it's Seattle is kind of trying to savage their season, try, try to lock in and stay mentally tough in a, in a in a down year. So to come into LA and get a dub against a, a division rival. Uh, would be would be great for the team moving forward. We don't we don't have any incentives to tank, so I think that any win we can get in this last four weeks is is a positive, just for moving moving forward next year too. Yeah, definitely. And we're not mathematically out of it in a year where technically, in in a year where where you know crazy stuff has happened. You know, if we can, if we somehow find ourselves at five hundred, it it could be interesting. Tyler, you there's no such thing as 500 anymore. You could you could go on a four game win streak and you could yeah. be nine and eight at the end of the year. Not, and and Russ has never had a losing season, so that why he, start he's, now? He's still got a window of opportunity to get it done. Um, so they're trying to kind of stay mentally tough and focus on that kind of stuff, uh, one one win at a time, and just you know build that streak. Uh, after the Rams, we got the Bears and the Lions. So definitely <laughs> those de- those need to be wins. Definitely winnable games, uh, and then you know we're going to end the year out with the bang against the Cardinals. So there you go. Uh, I like our shot. I like our chances against the Rams. We're still. Uh, I don't care if we're five and eight. It's still Russell Wilson, DK Tyler, Bobby Wagner. They're going to be in pads, uh, and the Rams are going to have to play them. Yeah. So I mean, the Rams. I just think they just have to build off of what they did against the Cardinals and just keep building and this is a tough this is a tough it's a tough game for the rams coming off a monday night uh in a in back-to-back divisional games yeah short week it's gonna be tough that's a tough match because you really got to get up for these games i mean you cannot be coming into that game kind of like moping around at all or you're gonna get you're gonna get beat yeah and then the remaining schedule for the rams we got the seahawks this week obviously and then we got the vikings the day after christmas on the road in minnesota and then we go to Baltimore uh, the day after New Year's Day on January 2nd. And then uh, at home to close it out on the 9th of January against the 49ers. Yeah, tough stretch. Yes. Tough stretch. Yes. Very tough. But all right, Tyler, uh, you got a shout out before we get out of here? Um, I, I got, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this. This is a good one for you. I'm going to shout out Andre Whitworth. Hey, Andrew, Andrew Whitworth. Andre. Sorry. Andrew Whitworth, yes. um, he, uh, the first lineman to start a game at left tackle at the age of 40. Yes, history was made on Monday night. Pretty, pretty cool. And Andrew Whitworth has been uh, a huge piece to the Rams since moving to Los Angeles. I mean, that left tackle position is so important in football. He's older than McVay. He is older than, than Sean McVay. He is. So he's just a good leader to have with that group. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to shout out real quick, uh, Richard and Ben Sugarman and obviously Corey Holbert for inviting me once again to the Rams game against the Jaguars two weeks ago. Uh, it was a lot of fun and it was really good to see the Rams actually win a game in person for the first time. And they won in dominant fashion. Um, obviously I know, uh, I said earlier that, um, I wasn't going to take too much out of the win, but being there in person was, was really cool. 
getting to see a blowout like that, getting to see the offense just explode. It was it was a lot of fun. And then um, I guess uh, unfortunately we're we're gonna have to end on this note, uh, Tyler. Uh, but I was I was shocked to find out the news Thursday night. I was I was at the Drake and Kanye concert actually, luckily, um, and my phone started blowing up because uh, one of my other fantasy football group chats started going off because of the news that uh, Demarius Thomas, the the great Denver Broncos wide receiver, uh, had passed away. His uh, his first cousin, who was uh, pretty close to him according to to a lot of reports, uh, told the Associated Press that uh, his family believes that he had died from a seizure. Um, his cousin said that he he might have had a seizure while he was showering, uh, and they just they aren't really sure what exactly had happened. Um, but just a just a complete shock to to everyone in the sports world, and obviously those that were that were close to Demarius, uh, the Broncos. They started the game on Sunday against the Lions with uh, ten men on offense, and the Lions they declined the penalty, obviously, and the Broncos wore an eighty a number eighty eight decal on their helmets and yeah. uh, I know Von Miller wore uh an 88 decal as well on his helmet Monday night uh for the Rams against the Cardinals. Uh Demarius was a first round pick for the Denver Broncos in 2010 and finished his career after playing with the Broncos, Texans and Jets uh with 9,763 receiving yards, 724 receptions and 63 touchdowns. He's second all-time in Broncos uh franchise history for receiving yards behind Rod Smith and third in catches uh, behind Smith and obviously the great Shannon Sharp. Uh, He personally, to me, was one of the most incredible wide receiver talents I've ever seen play the game of football. I think, I think he's a hall of famer. Peyton Manning called him a hall of famer. Um, He's, he's going to be sorely missed by, by a lot of people. And, I know he did a lot of a lot of good in that Denver community while he was playing there for, uh, I believe he was there for nine years. Yeah, um, just yeah. a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, he was young. Uh, he was young. It was it, he was thirty three. Um, you know, every now and then there there's kind of this realization of what football. You know, I, I'm not going to say football is why he's having seizures. Well. Uh, uh, According to some reports, apparently he was in a car accident yeah, uh, a yeah. year ago. And who? And who, yeah, and maybe football didn't have anything to do with it. Who but, knows? But it's always kind of in the back of my mind when I read about stuff like this. Like you know, you played a violent sport. It was honestly uh, my for, first thought for for his profession. He was young. Uh, it was it was te- it was it was super sad. But for me, I always remember Darius Thomas is catching that touchdown against Pittsburgh in yep. overtime with Tim Tebow. Yep. I was a big Tim Tebow fan at the time, and uh, I, I just uh, that that'll always be kind of the football memory that I'll have when I hear his name. Hundred percent. So, all right, with that, that wraps up episode two hundred twenty-four of the TSK Show for Tyler Pacholki. I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. Peace. All right, guys. Sorry. We're back. 
Uh, we just got done finishing our basketball episode, episode 225. Make sure you go check that out after this episode. Um, but while we were recording our basketball episode, Tyler broke some news for us on the show uh, about a topic we had spoken about on this episode. Urban Meyer has officially been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. So I think Tyler and I both said that we don't think he was going to be fired based off of what Shad Khan's uh, comments were after the game over the weekend against the Titans. But uh, I think this uh, story about the kicker, Josh Lambeau, getting kicked by Urban Meyer was kind of the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. So... All right, just uh, just wanted to update that and just to yep. make sure Forever everybody knew yeah, that uh, that we knew a, what happened before this episode came out. That was a quick stint, one of the one of the craziest coaching stints I've ever seen, especially to have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, talk about fumbling a bag right there. Yep. All right, peace.